Hey friends, this is part two of a series I'm doing called, Are You Feeling Stuck in Life? I'm Julie Holmquist and you're listening to Kairos Moments, episode number 12. We are talking about the five things that God wants to do when we are in a God-ordained season of being stuck. In the last episode, we talked about the first two, which are, he wants to teach us about rest. This is where we learn to quit striving and to acknowledge the fact that we are not God, but he is. Rest is learning the delicate balance between being and doing. God always wants to help us to tend to our hearts, and that's number two. He does what is necessary to get our attention. He's like um, a skilled surgeon with such precision when he's doing surgery. He goes in there and is able to get at the heart of what is keeping us stuck. The third thing God wants to do when we're stuck is to train us in our waiting season. I remember there was a time when the word wait was truly a four-letter word to me. But I've learned something since then. Waiting on the Lord is not passive. It is actively anticipating what he will do in and through us to get us unstuck. The more we move to get ourselves unstuck in our own strength, the deeper and more entrenched we get. It's like quicksand. The more you move, the deeper you go and the more stuck you are. Do you remember playing red light, green light as a kid? There was a leader, and whenever they said red light, we had to stop. When they said green light, we could keep moving toward the goal. I remember being frustrated with the red lights. We had to freeze in place no matter how close we were to that end goal. I'm not saying God is playing games with us. I'm just saying I know how frustrating it is to wait. To wait on God is to intertwine our hearts with his. Think of the vines that wrap themselves around a trellis. They get stronger over time, so much so that once they are so intertwined, they can only be removed by going to the root. Waiting on God is not easy, especially if you are an action-oriented future thinker like I am. It's especially hard if the answer doesn't come when we think it should. But waiting on God does a couple things. First, it keeps us humble. When we patiently wait on God, we are acknowledging that we cannot do anything in our own strength. We are acknowledging his power and strength. He is trying to get us to acknowledge it ourselves. Without him, we can do nothing. Feeling stuck in life is so frustrating at times. We feel powerless. I think it's in those moments that God resets our hearts. When we acknowledge him, he directs our paths. We are useless if we are proud. Humility is not weak. It is a strength that God can use. Without it, we are self-focused and demanding. Humility makes the heart pliable to God. James 4, 6 says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I heard a message one time where the speaker was showing us what that word opposes meant. Imagine playing football and you're getting ready to snap the ball and God is on the opposing team. I don't think I'd want to look up and see God opposing me on the other side. 
Waiting on God also teaches us perseverance. Perseverance means persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. How many of us get frustrated and take things into our own hands when God doesn't move as quickly as we would want him to? We all know the story of Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Abraham and Sarah got tired of waiting. I'm sure they felt stuck. Nothing seemed to be happening in the natural world in regard to the promise of having a child. Perseverance keeps us going strong even when what we are praying about or working toward doesn't happen right away. James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Considering it pure joy when our faith is being tested will produce perseverance in us. If we let it, perseverance will make us mature and complete, not lacking anything. A submitted heart and a surrendered heart stays in the trial because they know it produces Christ-likeness in them. God knows how much heat and time is needed to accomplish his purposes. God disciplines those he loves. Have you ever thought about the sacrifices in the Old Testament? There were specific instructions on how the priests were to bind the sacrifice to the altar. They were to bind the sacrifice on all four corners. And there have been times when I have been in a waiting season where I am sure if I had not offered myself as a living sacrifice to him and died to my own wants, wishes, and what I thought I needed and the timing that I wanted it in, I would have ran away. Waiting is hard. Being stuck is hard. That's why the priests had to tie, had to bind the sacrifice to all four corners because the animal, the sacrificial animal, would not be there willingly otherwise. And it's like that in our waiting season. If we're offering our lives as a living sacrifice, we will willingly lay our lives down for his will. The fourth thing God wants to do during our waiting season or during the season where we feel stuck is he wants to untangle the lies we believe, the excuses we've made for our shortcomings and sin, the reasons why we can't do something, feeling like God doesn't care, playing the victim because of someone else's actions, placing blame and not taking responsibility for our lives. All of these lies cause us to feel stuck. Have you ever heard of the story of the elephant and the rope? To ensure that an elephant is submissive to its circus trainers, they tether a baby elephant to a stake with a very thick rope. The young elephant tries again and again to get loose, but it lacks the strength to do it. After many attempts, it kind of resigns itself to staying bound and only able to move within a certain radius. When the elephant is grown, this lumbering giant is strong enough to break free, but it remembers how unsuccessful he was in the past. At this point, the circus trainer can easily tether the elephant with just a tiny little rope, which is easily able to be broken. The elephant stops trying to break free because it's used to being stuck. 
That's how the lies and the strongholds are in our lives. Because of what Christ has done, we have complete freedom. But because we are used to being captive to the lies in our hearts and in our minds, sometimes we stay stuck. We need God to give us a revelation of where we are stuck and how we are able to obtain the freedom he's given us. The fifth and final thing God does is he positions and prepares us for what's next. Sometimes life seems random and without meaning, but everything God says and does is filled with purpose. It's never in vain. It could be that God is wanting us to pivot and to move in a different direction. He's getting ready to launch you into something new, and it's usually something that requires a refining process. I think of Joseph here. When he was thrown in prison for being falsely accused, he was positioned to interpret the Pharaoh's dream. That elevated him to a place of influence. Each trial Joseph endured prepared him for what was next. He was finally able to be instrumental in helping save his people and his family from the famine. When you surrender and submit yourself to God, he uses everything to get you where he wants you to be. You won't need to elevate yourself. He will elevate you in time. And when I say elevate, I mean a place of influence. It is both a privilege and a responsibility. So friends, are you in a God-ordained season of being stuck? Is he teaching you how to rest? Is God wanting you to tend to some issues that could potentially destroy you in the future? Is he teaching you how to wait? Where does truth need to set you free? What lies are you believing? Where does your thinking not line up with the truth of God's word? Do you recognize how God is positioning you and preparing you for what's next? Tell me in the comments if you are in a God-ordained season of being stuck. What is he teaching you during this season? What is he doing? Remember, your Kairos moment happens. When he moves, we respond, and everything changes. If you want to learn more about Kairos moments, do a search in Facebook for Kairos moments. It's K-A-I-R-O-S moments. It's a growing Facebook community where we are learning to recognize and respond to God's voice and everything changes. We're going to be talking about identity, leadership, walking in our calling, relationships, growing deeper in Christ. See you next time. 